You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Executive Corey Parson, Tony Sincata got you covered for the next hour. Getting you updated on some of the latest news and notes going around the NFL and fantasy football. Obviously, hopping to the Des Bryant situation. Want to touch on that a little bit. Tone, what's going on, my man? The Midwest is getting hammered by snow. 12 to 14 inches of snow uh, in Nebraska, uh, Kansas. Uh, the Midwest hammered. You look at the calendar. It's April 15th. It's crazy, ain't it? Now, Tony, the city of that I'm in, in New York City, this week, we had all four seasons in one week. Really? Yeah. That's how bad the weather situation is right now. You don't know what you're going to wear from, from one day to the next. Yesterday was a beautiful 75 degrees. Today it might be in the 30s. Next month starts the hurricane season down here in Florida. And uh, uh, there's predictions out there that we will get four major hurricanes this year. Yikes. That's not that's not a good look right there. So um, <laughs> hopefully that's incorrect. As Florida yes. looks to uh, yes. batten down the hatches. Would you rather live in a hurricane situation or an earthquake situation? Hurricane. Me too. Like the ground moving and shaking and buildings. Like I I don't know like how you could be okay with that. No, I, I I'm not. I couldn't even imagine that. I've only been obviously living on the East Coast my whole life. I've only been in three of them, and obviously the first one I was way too young to remember. I was actually getting ready for a youth league football game, and I know that it didn't feel – something didn't feel right. The other one, I was on the 37th floor of a, of a New York City building, and I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Don't like the earth moving. It's not my thing. Now, where I live at in Harlem, New York – there is a fault that runs down the street, maybe about five blocks from where I am, and there's been rumored that if that fault ever moves, it would be a category, it would be a ten on the Richter scale. Really? Mm-hmm. But the fault has never moved. But it is a fault that runs right through 125th Street in Harlem. Take your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tone. Interesting. Outside of uh, Des Bryant this week. And I, I, I kind of just hate to keep having this conversation because when it comes to people that listen to our program or fantasy sports programming, they tend to be on the opposite side of where I'm at with this. But once again this week, and like I said, the story's been beaten to death. But once again this week, Colin Kaepernick is in the news. Seattle Seahawks wanted him to come in, take a look at him before he can get out there. They wanted to know what his stance was on his national anthem protest. And he said that right now he doesn't know where he stands. They said, well, then there's no reason to come out here. You know what? I give both parties credit here for asking the question and Colin Kaepernick for being honest about it and going from there. But this is a situation that should go away. Mm -hmm. Because I think what's happening... Yeah, what's happening here is the NFL is not doing both pe- both parties are at fault in my mind. The NFL is not doing the right thing. And but what I'm saying is listen. The reason Colin Kaepernick is not playing is cuz he's hurting our business. There are people pissed off because he's standing for the national anthem. And then what can you say? It's a business like other businesses you can't just do whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. And to not answer that question and to say he's not one of the 64 best quarterbacks by not signing him to a contract is sketchy. And it's sketchy the way I go about it. Just come out and say it. Like uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens, supposedly what happened there is the owner's wife said, if you sign him, I'm going to divorce you. Well, come out and tell people that. You know what? I like being married. I'm not giving my half my ass <laughs> to my wife over a backup quarterback, right? I mean, just be honest about it. And Colin Kaepernick's got to get it. I think this is a generation thing, to tell you the truth. Colin Kaepernick's got to get it. Colin Kaepernick has to realize that nobody is against police is for police brutality. And that the message he's sending is great. And I think people 
are believing are believing that and would like to support him. But the older generation looks at him kneeling during the national anthem as a hit on the military, which he says he never intended to, which you have to believe him, but that's what it's perceived as. Because you grew up, when I grew up, you had to take your hat off or someone would smack you in the head uh, at a sporting event for, because you were disrespecting the military. And so this thing, I think, has gotten confusing because both parties erred and then haven't spoke out enough to get their point across. A very good friend of mine, <clears throat> um, a, a dude I'm, I chill with, talk to, communicate with every day. In the sixth grade, he comes to school one morning, and they're doing. He was in the sixth grade. They're doing the pledge of allegiance. When they get up for the pledge of allegiance, he doesn't stand up. So after the pledge of allegiance was over, the teacher said to him. Why didn't you stand up? He says, because I don't believe in what this, what those words mean. He don't think, I don't think that this country believes those words to be true when it comes to, you know, minorities. The teacher was taken back. Obviously, this is a sixth grader. Yeah. The teacher calls the guy's mother to the school and was like, yesterday your son didn't stand up for the national anthem. I mean, for the, for the, um, the Pledge of Allegiance. The guy's mother says, is it mandatory? The teacher says, not that you you mention it, no, it's not mandatory. The guy's mother goes, well, what's the problem? Well, she goes, well, we would like him to stand. Then he goes, well, if it's a rule, he'll stand. I think the way it ended up playing out, the kid ended up, you know, my buddy ended up standing for the Pledge of Allegiance um, ever since then. The NFL should not have let this carry over into the 2017-2018 season. The fact that they didn't see this coming again was a big mistake on their part. How did they let it drop? Now, this year, they're going into it, and I fully believe that they may not make a rule, but they're telling teams we want everybody on the sideline standing for the national anthem. If a player refuses to do so, don't have that player on your team. They're going about it right. Now, by me saying they're going about it right does not mean I am in agreement with the NFL in this. But what I will say is I'm ready for it to go away because it's taken too much from the game. We saw teams like the Steelers and the Raiders struggle with this last year. I don't want to see any more teams struggle with it again this year. That's why I'm saying go ahead and make it a rule. They'll never come out and make it a rule, but I think internally they've made this a rule. I personally, Tony, I've been saying this for a while now. I don't think Colin Kaepernick really wants to play football anymore. I agree with you. I'm one of the only guys, too. Like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing is that people forget going back to this this original thing. Colin Kaepernick had a contract, and he opted out. Mm -hmm. And I've read in places that Colin Kaepernick, it hasn't agreed. Some teams were willing to sign him, but he wanted more money. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he. Knew, I think he knew he wasn't getting the money he wanted. I think it's. Like, I think he's doing now. everything to stay in, in the press, but not playing. But this now it's interesting that you say that. Stay in the press. He hasn't spoke on camera since he's been out of the NFL. People want to interview him. He keep his name is always out there, but he yeah. will not speak to anyone on camera. It's a interesting weird how he's carrying this, right? See, what he's what he's going to do is he's going to get money from the NFL without playing, right? So he's yep. basically at the end of this is done. There's going to be a settlement. The NFL is going to have to pay him some money because of this this whole litigation going to court. And saying he was, you know, blackballed from the league and in all this situation. So these things never go to court, and the NFL's not going to let this go to court, and he's going to get paid off. So he's going to make money, and with all these head injuries and everybody talking about the NFL and how dangerous a game it is, Colin Kaepernick's a guy with some brains. Mm-hmm. How much do you think he's like? You know what? I'm going to get paid, and I don't want to. I'm not going to play again. Colin Kaepernick currently lives in New York City. Very few people know that. He currently lives in New York City, and he's just kind of in New York just doing his thing. I think Kaepernick is – 
I think if a team gave him a ch- see, here's the thing with the Baltimore Ravens. This is why I think he didn't end up in Baltimore. I think when Baltimore looked at it, this is what I think Baltimore realized. If they brought Colin Kaepernick in here, they were going to have a problem because at some point they were going to have to make him the starting quarterback. That's how bad Joe Flacco is. And I thought they thought about the prospects of making him the starting quarterback and said, oh, no, we can't do this. It's a crazy situation, and especially that close to the uh, to the nation's capital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, can you imagine there uh, how that goes? But here's the thing: I worry, I wonder about Colin Kaepernick and a lot of people is like, how do how do they go day to day without working? Like, how do they like? Where's Colin the money Kaepernick. coming from? Probably already money. Probably got a good amount of money uh, saved up. Not to mention the the fact Colin Kaepernick's uh, I don't know if it's his fiance. I think it's his fiance uh, <clears throat> is a media personality. She does the she does a midday show on Hot ninety seven. So I'm quite sure she is uh, uh she's probably well compensated also. Do you think he has political aspirations? I think it's more philanthropy than political. Mm. I think it's more philanthropy than political. I d- but I don't think the NFL is a part of, what, of, his, of his future plans. I know the NFL isn't a part of his future plans. I, I, I really don't think he more. I think if he plays football, he plays football begrudgingly. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever see him play. Like I said, I think he's going to get paid off by the NFL um, so they don't go to court, and he'll get you know somewhere 5 to $10 million. And you know what? That'll be it, and then he'll go on to other things. I, I, I think he would rather go down as a martyr in this situation and be a guy that's looked up as he was put out the NFL for his beliefs. I think that's how he wants his story to be told. Mm. So it's, it's about the uh, uh, when he's done and what people remember him by. Yep, I think I think I think I think now it's a matter of of, of principle. I think mm. so because the story and his fight is already out there. He already used his platform to draw attention to it. So now it's kind of like, okay, well, what else are you doing now besides teeing off one side of the argument, and the other side of the argument is you're taking. People put it like this. Somebody who's against what Colin Kaepernick, strongly against Colin Kaepernick, said to me, when the players are doing this, it's like turning on a football game and it's hosted by Rachel Maddow. Mm. And I'm like, I, I never looked at it that way. That's like me turning on a football game and Sean Hannity doing play-by-play. I might stop but, watching too. But here's the thing. It's like... I guess is LeBron James the I guess is he the example for every athlete like LeBron is a guy that plays the game he's at the top of his game and a, a little in the last two years you start to see him talk about social media aspe- uh, social uh, situations in the world right and mm-hmm. Michael Jordan Tiger Woods they both avoided it and but he uses his 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 Twitter platform, he uses it, but never in an NBA arena are you ever going to hear LeBron James talk about those things. No, exactly, and I, I think I think he, he gets. I think the NBA has put the rule in place, or the NBA is like, no, this is not going to happen here. Kobe Bryant did say that he would have knelt for the national anthem, but guess what? You don't play basketball no more. So what you say yeah. and what you do is two totally different things. I think he's things. full of poo. I think if, if there's any guy more full of crap than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe, come on. All of a sudden, Nike's going to stop paying you? Come on. Uh-huh. So there you go yeah, with that. You can see uh, Phil, Phil Knight. Yeah. I'm going to have a guy wearing Kobe Bryant shoes that's nailing for the national anthem. That ain't happening. Now, with that being said... You flip it on the other side of that, and you look at Eric Reed. Now, now there you see. Now we have something, because Eric Reed is twenty five, twenty six years old, damn near a Pro Bowl player, and kind of the prime of his career in the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, didn't bring him in. So. 
here's the thing. I give I give the Bengals credit. And here's the thing, because you can't be hypocrite is the way I look at this. So Colin Kaepernick is a guy that is not like you. We can debate whether Colin Kaepernick is a top 32 quarterback, but yeah. there's no debate whether he's a top 64 quarterback. Like he's good enough to be a backup in the NFL. There's no debate about it, right? Yep. There's no debate that this kid is a starting safety in the NFL. There's yeah. no no debate. But the issue is him dealing. Yeah. For the national anthem. So he hasn't addressed that. And I think if a team signs him, now I think the whole thing's hypocritical. Here's the thing with Reed. Reed is going to have to come out and say that he's going to stand for him to get signed. Yeah. And it depends on how much he wants to fight that fight. But do you think an NFL team should sign him and not sign Kaepernick? Like then, to me, then that's a whole different situation. Like this I, is- I, I, I think I think if Reed wants to play, he's going to have to say I'll abide by the rules. The thing is, is Reed going to be? Does Reed is Reed going to be able to do that? This is amazing though that it's got this far because I thought there's no way. And we, we come back and we talk about there's no way this kid doesn't get signed because NFL owners want to win. Interesting to see. Break down the Eric Reed situation a little bit more when we come back on the other side. Plus, the number 88. Should the Dallas Cowboys retire it? We'll discuss it when we come right back here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Fantasy football frenzy. Go get into some Des Bryant discussion in a little bit. The number 88, a number with a lot of lore in Dallas Cowboy history. To that number go in the ring of honor and never be worn again? We'll break that down. Is there somebody in this year's draft class that is worthy of the number 88? Also, we'll look back at the mock draft that the fellas did uh, this week. Still continuing to discuss this uh, situation with Eric Reed. Tony, I, I think the NFL should just go ahead and make it a rule so we can get past it. Yeah, yeah, because basically what what's happening here is that like I never thought Eric Reed would not have a job because it only takes one owner, one owner, and the Raiders have always gone against everything the NFL's done. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals have a bunch of hoodlums on their team, right? It's and you know what? If you guys want to say, hey, the national anthem's no big thing, uh, we got guys that beat their wives, and we've got guys that have been you know felons. That's a good point. <laughs> right, right, right. And yet, nobody's taking a chance on this guy who's a pro bowler. That tells you that there is collusion. The 32 teams have agreed not to put anybody on the, on the field that won't stand for the national anthem. I think that's wrong to basically not allow people to have employment on something that isn't a rule in your league. So they need to, they should just make it a rule. And you have a choice. You cannot play in the NFL or you abide by our rules and you play in the NFL. And Eric Reed. But right now, he's being excluded for something that is not a rule. It's a couple, a, a couple of things I want to get into with this situation right here, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. And you can join it also, 844-843-6879. Now, the Eric Reed thing kind of is – I saw this a while ago on HBO. I wish I could find it now. The Cincinnati Bengals are the team that's kind of the perfect scenario for this. Because everybody knows the Bengals' history with players who have trouble with the law. The thing about it is, a lot of people don't understand. HBO Real Sports did a special on this years ago. The proximity of Cincinnati to the state of Kentucky. A lot of the players live in Kentucky. And a lot of the players complain about getting harassed by the police in Kentucky. Not so much in Cincinnati, 
But in Kentucky, obviously Kentucky may be a few steps behind the rest of the nation. You know, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Kentucky, though. So that's an interesting point. That's why the Bengals was an interesting case study to see what the Bengals would do because of who they bring in and kind of some of the rumors out there by why these players in Cincinnati get in so much trouble. But then on the flip side of it, Tony, had a situation go down over the weekend where two black dudes in a Starbucks in Philadelphia – yeah. Just sitting there waiting on a friend. Somebody, one of the employees in the Starbucks, calls the police. The police come, arrest the two black guys, take them out of the Starbucks, while you had white patrons in the Starbucks saying to the police they didn't do anything. Philadelphia is also the city that has Malcolm Jenkins. Eric yeah. Reed, Colin Kaepernick are not on the same side as Malcolm Jenkins. I'm curious to know if Malcolm Jenkins, I will check his, his social media now, if he has something to say about Does he post something about this? And I wonder if Malcolm Jenkins, when his free agency comes up, will somebody sign Malcolm Jenkins? Because I think Malcolm Jenkins has switched over to the NFL side on this now. Mm. I'll tell you what, this Starbucks thing is, is alarming. And this is the hard part for someone like myself. To understand what people uh, are, are doing when they kneel for the national anthem and things like this, because I, I'm not of a black race. I'm not of a race that's been oppressed. And when you go to when you can't even go to Starbucks without uh, the police showing up, drinking a cup of coffee, that's insane. It's a crazy. Like I can't even comprehend that. And by all indications in this story, that's exactly what happened. These people are drinking coffee, and all of a sudden the cops are coming into a major city. This ain't, this ain't no Kentucky. joke city yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah. This is a major city. And people walking in, taking these black people out, and they didn't do anything wrong. And everybody's telling the police that, and it still happens. Everybody's telling the police that, and nobody says anything. Now, I'm going through uh, Malcolm Jenkins' timeline right now, and there's no posts about this from Malcolm Jenkins. So I'm trying to – if Malcolm Jenkins is supposed to be the head of this movement right now with no Kaepernick and no Eric Reed, where's Malcolm Jenkins at on this thing right here in his city? Mm. Interesting. A lot of the players are not in line with Malcolm Jenkins right now. So it's going to be – this is another thing. And you know who one of Malcolm Jenkins' teammates is this year, right? Oh, yes. Uh, our guy from Seattle. Yes, our guy from yes, Mr. Uh, Bennett. Bennett. Well, <laughs> I, I, it's fifty-fifty whether they'll be a teammate, right? Yeah, you're right. He's got a, he's got a little uh, off the field issue himself. Bennett seems like the kind of guy that's going to say, "You know what? Not guilty. Let's go to court." You think so? I think so. Mm. Isn't that what supposed else? to be? That's supposed to be a part of this, right? Yeah, court also drags things out, too, so it gets them to play. But the NFL keeps acting without any court involved anyway, so I have no idea exactly. if they'll save them. Yeah. So it's going to no be idea. interesting to see how that dynamic works in that locker room because my guess is that Bennett is more aligned with Reed and Kaepernick than he is with Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins took that money from the NFL, that $90 million, to make this go away. Malcolm Jenkins is in control of that. Yes. yes so he is. It, and he's come out a lot of heat too. Um on some of the on some of the things that they invested in. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> some of them probably in direct uh some of them probably uh let's put ten millions in Malcolm Jenkins' pocket. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, I gotta ask I the question. I gotta I gotta ask the question. This is gonna come off wrong, but I'm gonna ask a question. Get what do they have? Seventy thousand people in Philadelphia, right? Seventy thousand people at a home game in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. How many white guys, twenty to fifty, will have a Michael Bennett jersey? Up zero. Yeah, zero. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> zero. Like this, this is right. This is a tough situation, right? That's going on because you'll have. I mean. It's crazy, but this guy is going to be hard to be like uh, for for uh, the average white guy to like. 
And he, he really is. Which I, Now, Philadelphia has a situation with the rapper Meek Mill, who is currently incarcerated, even though there's been rumors that he should be getting out in the next few days or something being released. Robert Kraft has went to go visit uh, Meek Mill, uh, the governor yeah. of Philadelphia, the mayor of Philadelphia. Everybody's saying this guy is being wrongfully in prison right now off of a parole violation that really was nothing. The judge in the case, very sketchy. Malcolm Jenkins has gave his thoughts on this. Interesting to see if Malcolm Jenkins comes out in this situation uh, in that Philadelphia Starbucks. And like you said, also see how that locker room plays out because Bennett is not the kind of guy to go into a locker room and fit in. Bennett's the kind (laughs) of guy to go into a locker room and say, y'all fit in with me. Uh, this is good. This is going to be, and this is coming off a Super Bowl too. Uh, yes. I think they took a risk bringing him in, but you know, that's why they got a bargain on the deal. And I'm real interested to see how this plays out. Like I said, there's a 50% chance that Bennett will never put on an Eagles uniform based on his off the field issues. But if it happens, it's going to be really interesting. No doubt. Now, another thing with this, uh, situation with the kneeling, I think the NFL will, like I said, I think the owners have come to the agreement. It's not going to happen. We're not going to get caught with it this year. It's two players, though, that I think can really can really push the NFL to the limit to see what they would do. I don't think either player does it, but the two players who would make this ruling by the NFL interesting, if they would kneel for the national anthem, Russell Westbrook, not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. and... Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson can't do it, I don't think, because he's just too new to the league. Too young? Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Now, Russell Wilson could and never will, because he seems to me like. He's going to play it straight. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like the guy that. uh, And, like, because that Seattle situation's always been. And he's trying to stay clear of the the whole thing. And he seems like. He's a uh, he's a corporate guy, and mm-hmm. he's, an, he's a team guy, and I think he might cut Paul Allen's lawn every once in a while. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised. Then the thing with the thing last year this time, everybody was saying Seattle was the perfect place for Kaepernick, but now you see that it wasn't yeah. because no. they got rid of Bennett, they got rid of Sherman. So some of the more vocal guys on that team are gone. They talked to Kaepernick again this offseason without those two in the locker room. I don't think that goes I don't think that's an accident. And then they still tell Kaepernick, unless you decide to stay and we can't do it. It's uh it's a weird situation there. And uh, uh this do you think Seattle's going backwards? I don't think they're re. I don't think they're retooling. I think they're more rebuilding. I think they're still. Uh, I think Wilson alone makes them dangerous. Who what, has Demarco Murray signed yet? No. I think Demarco Murray can make them a better team. And that's that's very interesting on the Murray situation. Now, I don't know if it's the agent or if it's the teams that are waiting till after the draft. Because if a team gets shut out on a running back, DeMarco Murray becomes figures maybe I have more leverage than. Um, he's meeting with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's met with the Miami Dolphins, and of course they went elsewhere. Um, they signed Frank Gore instead. I, I kind of wonder why he hasn't team, but it could be a strategy by his his group to do it after the draft. I think I think that could be uh, the case also, but I just think that that's the right uh, that that's a good fit right there. So oh, the NBA playoffs are going on, and I see where Giannis' name is trending. Let me uh, check this out right quick, Tony. Uh, I have an update in the NBA. Joel Embiid has cleared concussion protocol, but will not play in Game Two of the. Uh, that just came out 20 minutes ago. Yeah, there's no reason for him to play in game two after what oh he did my to my God, what a, people, people, if you didn't watch the game. And you, Miami was up at eight and a half, and they lost by thirty. Tony, we was in here, me and a couple of the homeboys, and we were, I think we had bought a a a, a ton of beer, and I think we had each drank one beer while the um first game was on. By halftime, <laughs> well, by by the end of the third quarter. 
of the of the 76er heat game, we were loaded. <laughs> it was less watching than more drinking. Yeah. And there you go right I'll there. I'll tell you right now, the the Sixers, uh, the pro, trust the process. I'll tell you what, Philadelphia is a pretty – you people out that live in Philadelphia, you are some of the uh, worst people in the world. And uh, we've captured it all on video the last year with through the Eagles' triumphs. Can't imagine you winning another championship. How crazy it's going to get out there! You they guys can't, they won't. really, really. Uh, maybe you'll be punching dogs and cats. <laughs> they can't. I, I think they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they don't have enough to get by LeBron James. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think they do. I really do. Really? Yeah. I really do. The like, I would give Toronto a better chance of beating Philadelphia, and it's not because Toronto's, but they have veterans there against the young players there. It's basically LeBron and, and by himself trying to take on a team with Joel Embiid, Ben. Like these guys are talented. I want to see what happens to the 76ers when adversity hits, when they're on the road in a yeah, tight that's game. That's what I'm saying. Like Toronto might take them out because of the veterans there. Yeah. But they wouldn't play Toronto, though, right? Well, eventually. No, I mean, if they're the only no, two left. Oh, yeah. Well, they would play Boston in the next round. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I, I, I the and I think that's I mean, a series where you see Boston Gardens on the road, fourth yeah. quarter. The Celtics getting the calls. You're not getting the calls. How does that young team respond to that? They have never well, been in that you, kind of situation can before. Can you really lose a team that's missing three or five of their best players? <laughs> I mean, but the Celtics keep winning. I don't know. They're yeah. 12 now over Milwaukee. Yeah, I think Milwaukee's Fugazi, though. They got to get a head coach to come in there and write that situation. Jason Kidd obviously wasn't the answer. I think the talent was enough to get them into the playoffs. They, they're going to struggle. Boston should make light work uh, of them. So you so you think 76ers versus who? I think that 76ers are going to take on uh, the Houston Rockets, but it doesn't shock me if Golden State's there again. You know, I this I, I think I'm going rooting to say, for the Rockets, and it's clouding my uh, my vision. Your judgment. I yeah. think it's I, I I'm going. I hate to say this. I think it's Warriors and Cavs, and oh, I think the I, Ca- I, and I think the Cavs win. I would love it. I would love it if that that happened. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Cavs. There's no it, doubt it, in my mind. You know, one of the things that people talk about. There's no doubt in my mind that LeBron James is going to be a Cleveland Cavalier next year. Like, all this free agent talk is crazy because he don't like it and he doesn't like the team, but he knows what happened last time and he's not doing that again. <laughs> he's not doing it again. He's he won them he a has- title. He, like, you're, at, you're near the end of your career. You, you can't ruin your legacy. You just go out as the most famous athlete in Cleveland history and – Start thinking about making movies and in in your career after the NBA. That's that's that's, think, that's, that's his only play. I think. I, well, I think he has another play. I think he gets Dan Gilbert to sell him a team. Well, that I I told people that. I told people that all he has to do, and he wins. Is I want to be a Cleveland Cavalier for life. Dan Gilbert can't put a winner on a thing. I want him to sell me the team. Now the NBA won't let him, but he can sell him to one of his partners. And yeah. then all of Cleveland turns on Dan Gilbert, and LeBron wins. There you go. And then Dan Gilbert wins also because he gets – I think LeBron James is too invested in that city to leave that city. Yeah, I, I do too. I, there's no way. It's too much. That city rose up when he was out, when he first came. Then they took a yeah. tremendous dip when he left. And they, they came back. And he came back, and, they, and that city rose up again. I think if he loves that city as much as he says he does, he can't. He, he can't. He can't leave again, Tone. So that's where I what. think uh, LBJ stands with this. And I think in his greatest his greatest feat, I think he beats the Golden State Warriors and wins a championship with this team that he assembled three months ago. And I'll tell you what, I can't believe people. You, you people know nothing about basketball that think James Harden or Russell Westbrook are the MVP. Because I don't care. Throw the numbers out. That team, Cleveland, would be a top five lottery pick if they didn't have <laughs> There you go. And you guys, he's playing his best basketball at age 35 than he's ever played in his career. 
And for anyone to think that anyone other than LeBron is the enemy, you're just not watching the game or you hate LeBron. It's almost like outside of the one great season Curry had, you probably can give him the MVP every year. Like, I can't believe. Like, I think he might not win it. And that, like, to me, it's not even a choice. No, Harden's going to win it this year. It's amazing. Yep. Number, the number 88, the mock draft. We close it down when we come back right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Back at it. Final segment, Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Still got time to hop in. You got keeper questions. You want to know about some of the free agent moves, 844-843-6879. The exec and Tony Sincata. All right, Tony, Des Bryant released, of course, obviously the great legendary number in Dallas Cowboy history worn by Drew Pearson, Michael yes. Irvin, and Des Bryant, the number 88. Is it time for that number to go away into the wall of uh well into the rafters into the ring of honor forever or is there somebody in this draft class that is worthy of the number 88 you know the ridley thing's amazing to me because ridley's one of those guys that if you go by his play on the field it's amazing yet the combine he was unamazing so I, all of a sudden, this speculation, I'm the guy you could play football or you can't play football and to me he could play football I would uh, I would feel comfortable bringing him in and uh, putting the 88 on his back. Yeah, I think I would too. I think that's the only one, at least out of this draft class right here, that I'm that comfortable with. One thing about Ridley, like I don't want people to make the same mistake, uh, NFL evaluators, that they did with um, what's the young man's name? Oh boy, Dalvin Cook. How he had all these years of great tape. He has a poor combine, slips to the second round. I don't want that to happen with um, with Ridley because Ridley may have had a poor combine, but Ridley can play. Yeah, oh, I think he's the no best doubt. wide receiver in this class. Uh, I don't, you know, well, you have um, Dez is the guy from uh, the same school as Dez. What's his name? James Washington, who a lot of people also like, but I, 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 I think that Ridley is is the guy to 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 make this happen. I'll tell but you the what, thing is, are the Cowboys going to be able to go get him? Yeah, that 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 will be the key. I'll I'll tell you what, that Dallas situation will be crazy if they don't land him right or land a wide receiver that they're they're happy with early in this draft. Because, damn, like you got to look at it. Is Terrence Williams goes from a guy that was uh, there, and I like Terrence Williams, but Jesus, is him or Alan Hearns the number one wide receiver? It's got to be Alan Hearns at this point. You would have to think Alan Hearns has a better skill set than what we've seen from Terrence Williams. Um, so then that brings us to the uh, 2018 official FNTSY first-round mock draft. Mike blew it. Um, getting what's it up? done. Alan Hearns yeah, Mike, got it with a getting it done. Uh, I, think Hearns, I think Hearns has to be the guy, Tony. Yeah, at least he has a 10-touchdown season, right? Yeah, at least he has that. See how him and Dak get their um, situation worked out. But I think that's the guy that, that, that's going to have to be the one that can be the wide receiver one unless the Dallas Cowboys land one of these guys. Now, um, so we got Mike Blewett, J- Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Emory Hunt making some of these uh, picks in this mock draft that took place. You can find this um, FNTSY radio app on demand. Also, the FNTSY YouTube page It's the uh, first-round mock draft done by a uh, great job by Mike Blewett and the gang. They have Sam Donald going one to the Browns with the Giants taking the guard from Notre Dame, Quentin Nelson, at number two. That pick was made by Joe Lisi. Do you think that one stands up? I'll tell you what, I think it had no chance of happening like three weeks ago, and now I think it does have a 50% chance of happening. Um, I think the Giants want to pick a lineman, 
I just don't know if they do it to two or they try to trade down to six or seven and make that pick. With the third pick, Rich Sermonello has the the New York Jets training to get the Indianapolis Colts pick, moving up to three and taking Saquon Barkley third to the New York Jets. I don't think that's going to happen. I believe the Jets have settled on Baker Mayfield. Agree with you on that one. Uh, at four, the Browns take Minka Fitzpatrick, according to Mike Blewett. Fitzpatrick is the uh, the all-world safety from Alabama. A lot of people say he's the best pound-for-pound player in this draft. And then at five, Joe Lisi has the Denver Broncos taking Calvin Ridley. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders and Der- Demarius Thomas still in the mix out there. The Broncos also need a quarterback, but Lisi has them going Calvin Ridley. The Cowboys are not going to be able to get up to five if it goes this way, according to Joe Lisi. I don't think it's going to be in that situation at five, Ridley. And at four, I think Chubb goes at number four. And Cleveland last year used a first-round pick on a defensive end, now goes with another defensive end on the other side and has two extreme pass rushers there. So I think that's the way to go in Cleveland. Uh, Or they go with Saquon Barkley uh, because the Jets won't pick him. So I think that's where Cleveland goes. And I think Denver is going to end up taking whoever's left over uh, out of Chubb and Barkley. They would die for Barkley. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade up one pick to get Saquon Barkley. Going to interesting to see how that play out. At six, they have the Colts taking Bradley Chubb. At seven, the Bucks take cornerback Denzel Ward. The Bucks definitely need some help on the back end of that defense to uh, help get that situation straight. Big year for Dirk Cotter and Jameis Winston coming up in this 2018-2019 season. At eight, the Chicago Bears, they take their stud linebacker of the future, Georgia Bulldog linebacker Roquan Smith. Tony, Roquan Smith is a hell of a football player. Uh, he is a hell of a football player, and it'll be real interesting to see uh, what where he lands because I really think he could go anywhere. Like he'd be, it wouldn't shock me if he got if someone traded up to grab him earlier because I think a lot of teams are in love with him. And the football game has changed where he could stay on the field uh, for three downs. That's that's the whole key. Then 49ers at the ninth pick take linebacker Tremaine Edwards from Virginia Tech. Then you see the Raiders at 10 pick defensive tackle from Washington, V to V. I have heard some rumors that the Atlanta Falcons are in love with V to V and would be willing to the two and would be willing to trade Devontae Freeman to get up to a spot to draft V. Wow, that's, that's a big price. But uh, I could see that. Because the running backs have become disposable in the National Football League. And these big linemen are uh, where everybody looks to try to uh, make their hay. Three concussions in the last two years for Freeman. And so I think Freeman is a player that um, needs to be very careful with his uh, head injuries. At 11, this pick was made by Emory Hunt. He has the Dolphins taking Lamar Jackson. Yes. I don't think that happens. I don't either. Emery's a guy that falls in love with certain players. Mm-hmm. And I like Lamar Jackson, too. But I don't see him going. I think the earliest he gets picked is Arizona. I, I, I would agree with that. I think the Arizona pick is, is one that's interesting. I don't think the Dolphins do but the Lamar right Jackson now, thing. I think uh, the Wyoming quarterback would go to Miami before. Uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, or Josh Rosen, if he was still on the board, would go before Lamar Jackson. I agree with you on both of those. As a matter of fact, the next pick in our mock draft has the Bills uh, trading uh, with the Bills with the 12th pick, taking Josh Allen to be their quarterback. The young you know man what the crazy Wyoming. thing is on Josh Allen is that there are people in Buffalo, and this is funny. It makes sense, but it's kind of comical to me that they think because he played in Wyoming and the weather is crazy and there's strong winds all the time, and that what's hurt his completion percentage, which is terrible for an elite quarterback that he'd be most suited to go and play in the Buffalo weather, and that's why they want him. I just don't buy the weather thing when drafting young quarterbacks. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I think all these guys are not good. The quarterbacks. Yeah. I can I can dig that. I would take – the two that I would take a chance on would be Rosen and Lamar Jackson. And I, I didn't like Rosen until I watched his pro day. But here's the thing, and I said this on the show, is that, you know what, if you're a first-round pick, 
And yet you were in your college for three years, four years in some cases, and you never won anything. How good could you be? Yeah, no doubt. None I of these guys you. want anything. None of them want anything. And then you got to look, look at what they've done. Um, look, look at what they've done, uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the big bowl games. Right quick, Tony, I am um, looking through my Instagram. And, you know, Instagram has a feature where you can, you know, you, you can add people from your contact list on, yes. on your Instagram. And I'm adding some people from my contact list. And I think I need to uh, text them more <laughs> because they have some wonderful pictures, Tony. Oh, my God. Instagram, like, you know, it's become like people were at, I was at last night. I was listening to these people and they say, oh, where, where do you meet women like, you know, 30s and 40s? And I'm saying, dude, you meet them online, like Instagram. You can go through their whole photos and you can get a little uh, you can get a little idea what type of person they are. What they wear, what they look like in certain clothes, like, and uh, you just shoot them a message. That's how you do it, Tony. Because I'm going through this young lady who I added this morning. I don't know. I don't even know her name. She's in my contact list. I got to figure out what her phone number is hers. And she's in Miami. And her and her homegirls are twerking with their bathing suits on. The, the, the twerking is a uh, is a fine. You know, we do like esports now, and that's become a thing. I think twerking would be a better thing to invest in. I agree, Tony. This is very nice. Uh, what were we talking about before this? Oh, <laughs> oh, football. You think Cotton Cotton could have a twerking competition on set someday? That'd be nice. I'll bring it up to him. Yes. I'm quite sure he'll try to pull it off. May do it as a pay per view. Right. That's all right. Like we could sell advertising on each cheek. <laughs> Skicks. <laughs> we got a parole hearing coming up. <laughs> Make sure this man does not get parole. <laughs> Imagine that. You have his picture oh, on the girl's man. left cheek. That is amazing. So the Bills take Josh Allen. At 13, the guys have the Washington football team take win, taking another player who's going to be a very good player, and that's Florida State safety Derwin James. And D.C. can really use some help to bolster that secondary, but I think any team in the NFL can use a player like James. Yep. And uh, the thing is, like that Washington team, they got a lot of holes, man. That, that'll be interesting to see if they, they go that route. Uh, coming up next at 14, Joe Lisi has the Packers taking Georgia Bulldog running back Sony Michelle. They drafted two running backs last year. This would be a third. This would be a third yeah. young running back. I don't know if they go this route. I agree with you. And uh, Joe's got a uh, got wood for Sony Michelle. That's what it is. Yeah. At fifteen, Rich has the Cardinals taking uh, UCLA quarterback. Um, Josh Rosen at 16, the Ravens select SMU wide receiver Cortland Sutton, Sutton 6'3", 218. That's your he's, pick, Tony. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a lot like uh, Moosey Muhammad back in the day with Carolina. Uh, he'll fit perfectly in their offensive seven yards down the field and making things happen. He's a guy uh, coming out of SMU that I think will go in the first round. I'm not sure if Baltimore will commit because they sent us two free agents, but I think that they'll go with a young guy in there, and he'd be a perfect fit for them. And uh, one of the few big wide receivers that'll go early in the draft. I like it. I think it's a good fit. At 17, they have the Ch Emory has the Chargers taking Alabama defensive tackle Deron Payne. You know what I was thinking could be an interesting move? I want to get your opinion on this. The Chargers have the player in the NFL most compared to Des Bryant. And that's second-year wide receiver Mike Williams. You think the Cowboys are trying to make a trade for Mike Williams? That would be interesting, cause I think that, but I think the Chargers like him. But after okay. having a year, so I don't think they make that move because I think the Chargers like him. I think you see him and Keenan Allen a lot this year. I think he's a good player. It's going to be interesting to see how that one shakes out. At 18, Scott Angle, Seahawks take uh, Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa. That pick was made by our guy. Gabe Morency. Shout out to Gabe. Always love talking to Gabe. And at 19, the Dallas Cowboys take Texas A&M wide receiver Christian Kirk. That pick is made by Joe Lisi. Now, Christian Kirk is 5'10", 201. Christian Kirk, basically the same skill set as Cole Beasley and Ryan Switzer. 
Yes, yes, he would fit into the same uh, realm as them. But he's a guy that can make plays. Christian Kirk definitely is a guy that, that can make plays and think the Cowboys are going to need a wide receiver. Um, hopefully uh, somebody bigger than Kirk is the guy that they go to pick up in that scenario. Uh, number 20, Harold Landry, the edge rusher from Boston College. Rich puts him on the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions need a running back, Tony. In a bad way. They might be able to get him in round two, though. Running back for a long time. And uh, it's interesting because a lot of those Patriots guys are running the uh, Lions now. And, um, of course, him from Boston College. Oh, there you go right there. 21, the Bengals from the Bills. Frank Radno, the offensive um, – the. Uh, Frank Radno, the offensive, the off, the offensive lineman from Arkansas, he goes to the Bengals at 22 in our mock draft. The Bills are taking Leighton Van Etch, that's Gabe, linebacker from Boise State. The Patriots, with their pick from the Rams, take Arden Key, edge rusher from LSU. Uh, the Patriots are kind of in a spot where they can do whatever they want to do, Tone. Yeah, so Arden Key's a guy, as a sophomore and junior, was like all-conference and then slipped his senior year. This is the perfect guy that the Patriots uh, look and they could jump on. When I look at a lot of mock drafts lately, they have Arden Key going to the Patriots, but with that 31st pick. All right. The Carolina Panthers, they bolted their wide receiver core with James Washington, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Emory Hunt puts Washington to uh, the Panthers at 24. I think Dallas would be interested in Washington at 19 also. Uh, up next, the Titans take Mark, Marcus Davenport, the edge rusher. That's our guy, Kevin. My guess is that's Kevin Walsh made that pick yes. right there. 25th to the Titans. The Falcons with the 26th pick. Harrison Phillips, the D tackle from Stanford. The Falcons obviously need to bolster the middle of that line. Oh, yes. The Falcons uh, coming back the year two uh, with the offensive coordinator change. They've got to be able to run the ball there. Matt Ryan needs a little protection. Then we see the Falcons, um, excuse me, not the Falcons, the Saints, their rivals. They take, with the 27th pick, they take Baker Mayfield, the QB from Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield is not going to be the last person sitting in the green room, Tone. Nope, no, nope, he's not going to last that long. Nope. Then the Steelers take DJ Moore. Oh, DJ Moore, Mr. Sutzman's DJ Moore, the wide receiver from the University of Maryland. Imagine the Steelers bring I, – I don't understand how they would bring in another, another wide, wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, no. they, they already have riches at that position. Then at 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars take – I've also heard the Dallas Cowboys are in love with DJ Moore. At 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars take the Oklahoma State quarterback, Mason Rudolph. I do think the Jaguars will look to invest in the quarterback in this draft. I do too. I think, though, that they draft a little later in the draft, unless it's Lamar Jackson. I think they would take a shot on 30, the Vikings take Will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP. 20-31, the Patriots take Jair Alexander, the cornerback from Louisville. End out the first round with, uh, I say this begrudgingly, the world champion Philadelphia Eagles take Mike McGlitschke, the old tackle from the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mind you, you can catch this program on the FNTSY radio app on demand. Not to mention, you can also catch this program uh, on the YouTube page. Uh, FNTSY Fantasy. If you have not described to that, make sure you go ahead and do that ASAP. This Fantasy Football Frenzy, Tony, always a good time hanging out with you on the weekend, my man. Yeah, absolutely getting it done and good luck to Tristan Thompson and uh, keep things rolling. Alright, here you go right there. Fantasy Football Frenzy for Tony Sincata. I'm the Fantasy Executive. My man Pete Considori. We are out.